Today, I, I, uh, I don't typically do this, but I feel like I need to preference uh, with some remarks. I know it's 4th of July, Independence uh, Weekend, and uh, typically we think lighter thoughts. We love baseball and hot dogs, apple pie, right? Still driving Chevrolet, some of us. We have a fun day for the children right now, and, it, and all that is, is good. At the same time, I, I preface my remarks by just stating again one of the hats that I wear, and that is being a watchman. That's what pastors are. They're shepherds, watchmen. Today, I don't preach with a heavy heart, but I preach with a very concerned heart. I never know where my influence goes, typically, especially with streaming. And uh, what you carry with you as you speak to somebody else. My pastor shared this this past Sunday. My pastor took this position. My, and you're echoing. And that's all healthy and the responsible thing to do. As we look at this country that we live in, we have to uh, take the reality of where we are right now. And I'm just not one. I, I, I'm natured to be very observant. I've always been observant, but not only in the natural, but also in the spiritual realms. There's a war going on for this nation. The very fabric, the soul of this nation is at great risk. So I don't want to put a heavy on us, but we have to understand the responsibility that each one of us carry. So I want to give a simple title to this message, and that is Distress Signals. There's distress signals going up right now. Are we paying attention to the signals that are being sent? When you talk about distress signals, it simply is for one reason, and that is to show that help is needed and that it requires immediate attention. So we have seen movies, we've been a part of it in real life. There are things on purpose when it talks about distress signals. The number three comes into play in most of distress signals. It's three blasts of a horn. It is three flashings of light. Those of you that in transportation, there are three warning triangles. There uh, in, in, in more primitive settings, three stacks of rocks or stones. These are all distress signals that there is help needed. It could be a car off an embankment out in a rural area, and the person knows that their voice can't carry far, so they go up to the roadbed and stack these rocks, hoping that somebody driving by will say, why are those rocks? Oh, there's another. Third. Oh, there's somebody trying to send a signal. The reason it's repeated is because if you just hear something once, it can be missed even two times, but three times it's like, oh, somebody is trying to get my attention. We have heard the expression, some of you military have used the expression, mayday, 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 three times again, giving distinction 
uh, again, military personnel have learned certain words can be misunderstood through communication. This is why it needs to be repeated so there is a distinction. Uh, for example, the word niner. Why, why don't you just say nine? Because nine can sound like other words, but niner makes you know that, oh, they're saying the word nine. The number nine is being stressed. So these distress signals. Anybody ever heard of SOS? Many don't even know what it stands for. Save our ship. Shooting those flares off. Distress signals. SOS. Mayday. 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 As Christians, we are given a responsibility to be a witness to the world. We are to share the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been so blessed in this country to be able to worship freely, to be able to have Bible studies in public places, prayer meetings. We know that there's been many setbacks in our lifetime, prayer being removed from schools, Ten Commandments being removed from courthouses, and yet we keep coming back to our position as believers that we still have a voice. And again, we have to come to this reality of where we are. So I want you to turn with me to Proverbs 29, verse 18. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture, but it should speak to us today. Yeah, would you stand for the reading of God's Word? Thank you, Gretchen. I saw you stand. Proverbs 29 and 18, you, you'll recognize this verse but where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Let it, let it become personal today. Let this word speak to us, not only corporately, but individually. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. Uh, King James put it this way. There's, where there's no vision. What? There's no vision. Where there's no vision. Where there's no vision. Where there's no vision. What does this mean? Where there's no vision means a conscious awareness. As Pentecostal, spirit-filled people, we like the word vision. Seeing into the future or seeing something spiritually drawn out and, and a blessing that God wants to pour out. We, we like that word vision. And yet the vision in its Raw form is a consciousness, an awareness, where there's no vision, where there's no conscious awareness, people cast off restraint, people perish, things are lost. So again, we, we look at this verse, and, and, and this, is, this is what the Spirit of the Lord is putting in me. At times when we're great numbers, we feel strong. But what do you do at home? What do you do at school? What do you do at work? What do you do with a coworker? What do you do at the Little League game when you're sitting in the bleachers with other parents? In other words, do I feel personal responsibility? And in so asking that question of myself, what does that really mean? What can little old me do? I don't have a certain title. I don't have a certain position. I don't own X amount of things. And so 
If we're not careful, we'll reduce ourselves to a nothing that we don't count. I want you to turn to somebody next to you and say, I do count. And this is what God's people have to really get in their spirit. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Where there's no conscious awareness, people perish. I like that word from the King James a little better because that word perish just, wow, it's a sobering word. People just cease to exist. People just are out of our scope, our vision. They're just gone. They perish. And when we talk about eternity, we talk about a heaven and a hell at stake. When we talk about a people losing liberties, losing privileges, people just perish. Where there is no strong, bold teaching, where there isn't clear and inspired plans and wording of God's plans for us, people lose control. They cast off restraint. Boys, is this speaking to anybody today? Just casting off restraint. You're not going to tell me what to do. Anybody ever heard that one? I want to do what I want to do, and you're not going to tell me different. I'm grown now. Oh, come on, somebody. Today, just anybody in leadership find themselves having headaches by the end of the day. Of You know, there was a time I used to be able to lead people. But now nobody wants to listen to me. Whether you're a police officer, a judge, a preacher, a teacher, whatever role you play, it's just this, this battle. People, we've got to understand there is a spirit of lawlessness that's been unleashed. So what are we going to do about it? Again, we're very familiar with Paul's writings out of Romans and tell us without the renewing of the mind, people will acquiesce to worldly thoughts, worldly ways, worldly plans. I wonder, without raise of hands, but many hands would go up, how many are frustrated with their children and their grandchildren right now? Hands went up anyhow. I see those hands, yeah, and through the camera, streaming right now. There's a war going on, folks. Distress signals. Mayday, mayday, mayday. What are we going to do about it? What can we do? Are we going to try? Are we going to remain strong? Do we have a position to take? And do we know how to handle it with wisdom? Real questions. Now, what I'm getting ready to do isn't real popular in certain circles today as I once again lead us back to just some other things that I've not shared as we go back to a thing called history of the formation of this country. Especially specifying now about the youth of this country as it pertains to education. Has anybody ever heard the name Noah Webster? Noah Webster, of course, is known as the father of American education 
And this is a statement. Schools, public schools, was meant for the advancement of the Christian faith. Wow. No truth is more evident to my mind than the Christian religion must be the foundation of any government intended to secure the rights and the privileges of free people. Whoa. There's a cancel culture that likes to say, well, he's not speaking to me. Along the way, another name came along, John Dewey. Most of us knew about the Dewey Decimal System. John Dewey is known as the architect of modern education. John Dewey's position is quite different. He simply said in a nutshell, there is no God and there is no soul. Therefore, there's no need for the props of traditional religion. I have, and it's a little more lengthy than that, but John Dr. Benjamin Rush, the signer, one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, uh, was one of the first founders to call for a free national and public schools. Simply put, if moral precepts alone could have reformed mankind, the mission of the Son of God into our world would have been unnecessary. He came to promulgate a system of doctrines as well as a system of morals. The perfect morality of the gospel rests upon a doctrine which, though often controverted, has never been refuted. I mean the vicarious life and death of the Son of God. This sublime and ineffective doctrine delivers us from the absurd hypothesis of modern philosophers concerning the foundation of moral obligation and fixes it upon the eternal and self-moving principle of love. Listen to this. By withholding the knowledge of this doctrine from children, we deprive ourselves of the best means of awakening moral sensibility in their minds. Now again, as the word Republican used here isn't a political party, but says we profess to be Republicans and yet we neglect the only means of establishing and perpetrating our Republican forms of government, that is, the universal education of our youth in the principles of Christianity by the means of the Bible, this divine book. Wow. The foundations of this nation blessed and had a moral responsibility that they were looking to the next generations to come to make sure they understood that Jesus Christ died for all, that he is the very Son of God, that the Bible is inspired and is the only divine book to lead lives by. Again, Noah Webster saying, the only reason it should have schools, the, the main function is to promote the Christian faith. These are not things that you hear readily today. The culture is shifting. So what do we do? Again, I told you I'd be very sober today. I'm greatly concerned. Because it isn't just this nation. How many knows history does repeat itself? Going to the Word of God alone. Exodus chapter 32. As Moses is receiving the law of God, he no sooner got out of the presence of the people 
than those who had firsthand been delivered from enslavement and through miraculous deliverance was put into the wilderness on their way to their promised land. No sooner had Moses got out of their sight than they began to dance and worship foreign gods. As he came to the base of that mountain, he simply cried out, Who is on the Lord's side? Of course, 3,000 souls were lost that day as the sons of Levi, of course, came and stood with Moses in that declaration and assassinated 3,000. 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 1 Chronicles 5.25, we find here the different tribes being described. And we come to Manasseh, and this is the wording of the half-tribe of Manasseh that stayed on the eastern side of the Jordan and said they were mighty men of valor. They were famous men and heads of their homes, but they were unfaithful to the God of their fathers. They played the harlot after the gods of the people of the land, and their outcome was they were taken into captivity. Even though they were mighty men of valor and famous men, they were drug off in captivity. Why? One simple reason. They were unfaithful to the God of their fathers. Very sobering, isn't it? 1 Samuel 3 and 1, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no prophetic utterance. There comes a time when God says, you don't want to hear my my voice, I'll start holding back. Amos 8 and 11, of course, said there comes times of great famine, not of bread, not of water, but of hearing of the word of God. Again, sobering. Judges 21, 25 is the last verse of Judges. And it simply says this, and there was no king, so the people did what seemeth right in their own eyes. Do these things sound familiar today? Do you believe they're being repeated? Because where there's no vision, where there's no conscious awareness, people perish. The sad thing is it's your children that perish, your grandchildren that perish, your best friends, your classmates that you're still social media with, but you start hearing the language of there's a change in you. So what do we do? What do we do? Again, we go back to the Hebrew writer. I want you to turn to Hebrews. I, I, I thought, Lord, do I share this and read it? Yes, I do. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3, we know. How shall we escape if we ne neglect so great salvation? But notice after verse 3, he goes on. Verse 4, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere, which is the psalmist. We get ready to read. What is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you care for him? This is describing the role of Jesus Christ. You made him 
for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now, in putting everything into subjection to him, he left nothing outside of his control. How many knows Jesus is in charge? But notice, just like we were saying earlier, at present, we do not see everything in subjection to him. But we see him, who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Would you stand with me?